this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. And today in the hot seat, we're continuing our discussion of quarantine um, and how we're putting together a food magazine under quarantine. And as I mentioned, today in the hot seat, I've got Chris Hennessy, our photographer. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Pam. It's great to be here. Yeah. Um, we haven't seen too much of each other, uh, except uh, kind of on our staff uh, calls once a week. Uh, I, you know, I mean, we've we've crossed paths, what, once or twice in the studio? I think uh, so, yeah. You know, it's just interesting times the way that we're working these days. It is. But, uh, well, you have an interesting job in that yours, um, I mean, all of our jobs are require a little bit of extra thought to... Um, what we have to go in for versus what we can do at home. Um, developing at home for me was definitely a bit of a challenge and certain things I have to pick up in the in the um, office. But for you, um, while you can definitely do some work at home, you've been in those, you've had to be in the office a little bit more to shoot both video and photography. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been quite a shift. Um, and I'm gonna use a term that I really don't like, but we have to be, air quotes, intentional with our time in the studio. Um, you know, it, it's forced us to be a lot more efficient and streamline what we're doing. Uh, I've been also helping out with the Woodsmith titles. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just coordinating with our art director, Teresa, and our, you know, editorial staff to make sure we can schedule everything as cleanly as possible, you know, or to work as efficiently as possible. So we can get one person in there to make and style the food. We can have an art director and we can have myself. And then, you know, you use the term of, uh, what was it that you said? The John? Lazy but, Susan. Yeah, the lazy Susan. And it is. I mean, it's kind of like the shell game, you know, mm -hmm. one person moves in, one person moves out, you know, where, where's the action at and whoever needs to be there is there. And we just, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I've referred to it as farmer distance times two, you know, <laughs> being here That's in the Midwest, fantastic. you, as a, you know, going out and in, into agrarianville, you never really get closer than an arm's length from anybody. So mm -hmm. now the rule is just double that, and that's everywhere. Um, you know, the idea of a personal space in a bubble is just greatly expanded, and mm -hmm. it's very awkward because I'm a pretty outgoing person, and you know, I want to talk to people, and I find myself not engaging in conversation. You know, I, I had to go to the store just yesterday, and there was somebody that I, I would have probably sat and had a ten-minute conversation with. But it's like, yeah, I don't know you. You're a stranger. And and I don't know what you've been exposed to. I don't want to get too close to you. And I really don't like that. Uh, I don't like seeing or feeling those feelings of, of the way things are today. But as far as work goes, I wouldn't say largely it's unchanged, but uh, I'm still spending a fair amount of time in the studio um, because I'm doing work with two of the brands, mm -hmm. it's it's allowed me to make sure to maximize everybody's time and efficiency. Uh, the other thing that I, you know, you mentioned, I can do a lot more video production at home. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the main thing I really try to focus on when I'm spending time in my home office is 
have some video to work on and and it's actually something we're pushing for 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 this current issue that we'll be mm-hmm. shooting uh Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) If it weren't for the women in my life, I'd never know when I had to do anything. (laughs) We'll keep you on track. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I need all the help I can get. I mean, these calendars, Um, they're great, but to a degree. Yeah. You have to look at them, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Regularly. Right. (laughs) Um, and you said you were definitely, you're shooting with uh, our sister mag, our brother, I guess, really. Woodsmith is more of a brother magazine than a sister magazine. And so um, how often have you been going in for that? I know you've been probably doing a couple days a week for cuisine. And I would say, um, I don't think it's a bad thing to to be more efficient. And I think these are things that we can take with us into the future. Um, I, I would agree completely. Um you know, we're, we're on a, a furlough status and we're down to a four day work week. And what I've seen thus far is I'm in the studio. It's been usually three days a week. Uh, mm-hmm. Just once it's been all four days in the studio. So I, that's why I said largely my role hasn't changed that much. Mm-hmm. But what I am finding is that, you know, we are spending less time in the studio. We're being more efficient when we're there until I go on some diatribe, uh, what I had a teacher deem as verbal diarrhea once, (laughs) Uh, you know, we'll get into telling stories. I mean, that's so much of what the job as a photographer is, is is knowing who you're working with, forming relationships. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, of course, we're there to capture images, but there's a lot of dead time beyond mm-hmm. figuring out exactly what the angle is that you want to shoot something at and how exactly you want it lit. You yeah, know, you got to wait things, for the water to boil sometimes, well, literally. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that leads leaves a lot of time for conversation about, mm-hmm. you know, personal lives or, you know. The state case. of things. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, state of what today is, uh, occasionally it'll stray off to politics, which can or cannot be hairy. It depends on who the audience is. Um, but you know, you never know where your conversations will lead you and you, you end up building these intimate relationships with Mm -hmm. the people that you work with. And, you know, it's, it's also another thing about these times that makes it so concerning because, you know, I get to know so much about my coworkers and their friends and their family and, you know, worry about, uh, what everybody's going through when we're in a situation like this. That's one of the unique and beautiful things I think about working, doing studio work. Um, But I also think that's partially where some of the creative juice comes from, honestly. Well, absolutely. It's sort of creating that environment where people are, um, feel good and and also just get into that zone. And um, and that's where I think, I mean, I know when I'm creating, um, both when I'm writing and sometimes when and editing and um, and when I'm developing recipes, you get into the zone and you kind of lose yourself. And it's 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 a good thing. It's a great thing. I think that's one of the beauties of, of working in a creative endeavor. Well, and I'm I'm a very big fan of the idea of creating a positive atmosphere. You know, it's you know, yeah. there's days where the you come in and you're yeah, you're you're in a funk. Mm-hmm. And you need somebody to help pull you out of it. Well, sure. that's where, you know, I mean, we start yeah. work at eight in the morning. Well, hopefully by, you know, it, it, maybe an hour or so, you've forgotten whatever right. the outside world has going on for you. And you're in the zone on the work that you're in. I mean, right. you know, like anytime you come into the studio, 
I usually have some sort of music playing and that's yeah. all dependent on who's in there because, sure. hey, wh what's what's our mood today? What do we need? Right. Do we need something upbeat and to sure. drive us because we're all kind of lagging or <laughs> do we need something somber and, and... So you're a DJ too and a well, sort of a sure. mood temperature taker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really do believe in having a good vibe in the studio because there is I a agree. marked difference when yeah. when somebody's having a bad day yeah, you know they you may not good stuff or not. And, yeah, and it shows yeah. in the image. And, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm very blessed that that uh, I work with a group of people that care as much as I do about making sure we put the best product out there we possibly can. Um, you know, I take offense when I see our work pinned up on the wall and I see an image that I took that is missing something. It doesn't have the oomph. It doesn't have mm -hmm. the the flair that it should it doesn't you know it doesn't tell the whole story it doesn't wow you and that's something I strive for in everything that I do uh and I I am very glad that I work with a group group of creatives that that also push for that as well you know if they see me lagging they'll kick me in the rear and say hey, come on man this is you know the, the, that's a turd <laughs> uh let's let's well, make it beautiful a lot of it is conversation and communication. It's really sure. kind of everybody sharing sort of their point of view and, and if they're feeling something or not or how they're seeing it or what their intention is and, and then kind of coming together. But um, so your world has changed a little. Um, it's sort of gotten a little more efficient and, yeah. um, and then being able to edit at home. And do you do, um, I know you do, um, video editing do you do any um like enhancement on photography any any color correction or retouching or anything like that on, you know um, most of that i do actually on, in the studio that's what i thought uh, sure. because i i want to work with whoever my art director is yeah and yeah. take the shot to as close to exactly what they want right. before i process it and pass it on to our color correction team Got that, that gets everything ready for press okay. um because that's you know, I've I've been places before where they didn't want you to do anything to your images, and mm -hmm. then you're leaving all that decision making up to a color correction specialist. Which I am not. You know, they're they're a very talented group of individuals, and and their skill sets are incredible. But yeah. they're making decisions right. based on their own motivations mm -hmm. and not mm -hmm. the the vision of the art director. So. Yeah you know, something gets lost in translation a lot of times there. Right, uh, right. Unless it's a setting where the art director then goes and works with the color team. Right. But you're usually setting yourself up for more work that way. Uh, yeah. And in a lot of places, I mean, we, we have color correction in-house, but in a lot yes. of places, it's- Yeah, you it's send a, it out. Yes, yeah. it's freelance. It's another yeah. shop altogether. Yeah, that's what and, I, we did in, in advertising, same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've worked that way as well. And, you know, then you are- sending uh proofs back and forth for yep. markups and mm -hmm. you know uh there's another setting i was in where i i would see that happen and it, it was uh uh very interesting because the people that were on staff at this establishment were not allowed to change settings and then mm -hmm. the freelancers uh would change anything they wanted and turn in their final images and when you uh -huh. talk to the the uh art teams that were on staff, they would say, you know, it's kind of amazing because when we get freelancers work, we usually only go through one, maybe two color proofs. But when we do 
work with the staff photographers, we end up doing five, six, seven color proofs because they aren't allowed to make those adjustments. And oh. it, it just, it really speaks to, again, that efficiency wow. thing. Sure. You know, and I, I would actually, you know, going back to how this has affected my work life, mm -hmm. I would really compare this more to being back in the freelance world. Um, okay. Because, gotcha. you know, I'm, I'm now booking my time with, yeah. with my art director, with Teresa at Cuisine. I'm booking time with the uh, art directors in the other departments. And it's, it really is more like being back in the freelance world. I mean, mm -hmm. I show up, we do the work. When the work is done, the day is over. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it does mean that now I'm trying to communicate with everybody because if I'm there, if I can do work with Teresa in the morning and then, you know, like tomorrow, I'm going to do a video with Maddie um, mm -hmm. and we're going to cover fair food. I believe we're going to do funnel cake videos. So mm -hmm. watch out for that. <laughs> then we're going to, Teresa and I are probably going to work together a little bit because we have some product shots that we need to do um, for in the now subject matter. And then after that, I'm going to shoot another video with John, John um, that's what I thought. based on some grilling tools. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're you know, going to be in our August issue. So be on the lookout. Yeah. For yeah. that. So, I mean, July, August, ordinarily we wouldn't piecemeal the day together that way, mm -hmm. but what it does is it, it maximizes my time in the studio I'm requiring less of everybody else, you know, for their, just to keep everybody's exposure at a minimum. Um, and, you know, again, like you said, it's, it's the lazy Susan effect. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we'll rotate in, we'll rotate out and, and keep our distance, get our work done. And, you know, then I'll have uh, some good files to work on from home for a day or two. So I'm going to pivot here just a little bit. So you, yeah. this is, you talk about going back to your freelance world. You were a, um, both a staff and a freelance photographer prior to um, joining um, Cuisine. And, and now you're shooting for Beyond Cuisine, but um, at a couple different places, as I said, you did, you were staff and, and freelance, but back, back, back even further, you got kind of your start. Um, you went to journalism school and then studied, um, fine art really with a focus in photography and i know you did a three-year stint in malta <laughs> um <laughs> and and i have to tell you i know i mean i've taken um photography classes in college and it's and i've always kind of worked in um the communication arts and and um worked with a lot of different photographers and you are a great photographer and i've um but and i it's just a medium that i i thoroughly enjoy uh and I kind of am in awe of people who have the talent and, and do it. But um, yeah, I was just kind of curious if you would talk a little bit about sort of how you kind of kind of got sure, into it. And sure. then tell us a little bit about Malta, because I think that's interesting. <laughs> and of course, I want to talk about your, a little down the road, um, you and food. Because you are a photographer who, it's not just like you come in and shoot just um any subject, but you happen to like food. You like to cook. And so oh, I'd absolutely. be curious to yeah. talk a little bit about. Oh, yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, we'll, we'll start at the start. Yeah. Um, you know, art was something I was always interested in. Uh, you know, I always excelled at it, but drawing, painting, those things, they were always just so much work. 
Um, I, I enjoyed what I created, but I didn't enjoy the creative process. I didn't enjoy getting to the finished product because I was so picky, so particular. Um, and it, it made it just labor. There was no labor of love there. It was just labor. Uh, but it was something that, you know, I was always pushed to go into and I was kind of a, a late one to find photography. I didn't find photography until I got into college. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I decided, hey, here's an art department class I've always been curious about and signed up for it. And it was the first time I'd ever been in an art class where we did a, a pinup, you know, did a critique of everybody's work. And every art class I'd ever been in, I'd have good work, but there was always somebody that stood out. Well, mm-hmm. this was the first time I had experienced pinning up my work and saying, oh, a hmm. uh, light bulb went on. Uh-huh. Mine, I'm that student in this. Uh, now Love that it. it's, you know, it, it just, it lit a, lit a fire inside me. Sure. You know, and I, I have been passionate about it ever since. Um, you hear about actors that way, that all of a sudden they were doing something else and they took a uh, drama class in college and that just lit the light for them. And yeah. I love yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you, you feel something just in your, in your gut and your soul. And yeah. 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 Well, and it was, I mean, I, I you know, knew that, uh, you know, there's a lot of different possibilities, but it was, do I want to be a starving artist or how can I make a living doing any of these things? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I had thought about architecture for a long time, but you know, mm-hmm. I, once I spent some time in the construction field, mm-hmm. uh, I realized there's no way in hell I want to be an architect because you get on a project and you're on one project for years. Mm-hmm. I have way too much ADD to be able to <laughs> focus on something for years. I mean, sure. You gotta I, know I, yourself. Well, in there, there's there's projects that I can go back yeah. and pick back up, and go shoot for a few days, and then shelf it again for mm-hmm. a month, three months, five years, and and go pick that back up when I want to. But I'm not focused on that one thing for the entire time. Uh, okay. So I, I digress. I mean, we were. I, I got into photography in college, but I still wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do with it. Um, It was at that point where you made mention, yeah, I spent some time in Malta. I I was very, very fortunate. I have wonderful parents. Uh, She called it my three-year European vacation. Uh, (laughs) I call it, I'm jealous. Well, it was was a wonderful experience. Um, You know, there's no two ways about it. I mean, I, I had a great time. Uh, and I learned a lot. You know, I, I actually only spent one semester at the University of Malta, and then I transferred to a graphic design school, Tarja uh, Gap Graphic Design School, which was more of a trade school. And it wow. was a three-year program that I had to leave after the second year because I needed to come back to the States and actually work okay. on a degree, uh, <laughs> which we'll get into that later. Uh, but what was really interesting at that graphic design school was, you know, they focused on classically trained art. They focused on, you know, graphic design in general. And a lot of it wasn't even computer based. Um, it was just theories, concepts. Uh, we did get into, you know, 
this was back when Quark Express was the standard. Um, you know, the Adobe packages were just coming out and, you know, I, I found the Adobe stuff to be a lot more user friendly because I was familiar with Photoshop. But what was great at that school was they offered a photography portion of the program and you would do an internship with someone. Well, I worked with a great photographer, Alexandra Potch, uh, who she was the only freelance photographer on the island who did no wedding work. She was just strictly do commercial work. And that's where the second light bulb went off as mm -hmm. to what I really wanted to do. Um, you know, I was able to assist her on some magazine photo shoots and I said, this is it for me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. having some of those commercial clients and doing magazine work that, that is my future. That's mm -hmm. it. Um, so I, I was able to work with her for a couple of years, uh, and really, really enjoyed that. Um, well, it was at that point I returned home. So from Malta, I, I knew at that point I needed to start moving forward, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, this, my, my educational journey was a long one. Most people end up as doctors or surgeon and the <laughs> surgeons is in the amount of time that no I spent in school. <laughs> hey, I, I loved every minute of you it. You know what, uh, as my mother used to say, no education is wasted. And life, I think, especially, um, you know, higher education and um, travel all is about yeah. experience and, and learning, really. I mean, being able to spend that yeah. much time abroad. Yes. I mean, I was completely immersed in their culture and their community. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like just, I mean, not to take away from going away for a semester because yeah. anything is it's, wonderful mm -hmm. uh, for a young adult to go out and experience. And I was just very, for very lucky. Adult. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, past your yeah. college years, when do you really have time to do that in true. As, true. as a working American? Our society exactly. isn't set up for uh, three-month vacations. You yeah, know? There it's, are no it's, sabbaticals. No, no. Um, so, yeah, that was just a whole experience in and of itself, uh, just adjusting to cultural norms in a new place. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it made me look at things so differently because, you know, myself, as soon as I was 18 and graduated high school, Two weeks later, I moved away to California. Mm -hmm. Well, the culture in Malta was such that if you weren't married, mm. you continued to live with your family mm -hmm. because it was your job to work and save money mm -hmm. so you can buy a home for mm. your family as soon as you get married. And that was that was the norm. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I had a, a couple teachers that were, you know, in their mid and late 20s and getting married. And that's what they did. You know, they they didn't just buy a home. They built a home. Uh, and they build wow. a, a, a unit of flats so mm -hmm. that they had rental units. So they had income with, I'm like, wow, you people are really forward thinking. I never thought of it anything that way. I just wanted what I viewed as my independence and what their families were doing was really, truly giving them independence, uh, in the grander scheme of things. Instead but of I just, think it's, it's taught you things, uh, that you've held, oh, sure. held tight into your, um, persona for the rest of your life because I, I mean I know you and I know how um you you own another house you you've got ideas of doing I mean it's you're you're a cool dude 
Um, <laughs> well, thank but you. But I'm going to bring you back to, uh, okay. sorry. So you uh, decided to get real with some things. And so that's when you yeah. headed back uh, stateside. Yeah, I, I, then I returned to University of Iowa. Um, and I had found a professor running the journalism program, the photojournalism program, and had communicated with him and was really excited to go work and learn from, from this professor, uh, who, oh, now the name escapes me, but he was brilliant. Um, you know, I, I still have the best picture I took in my college career, which was extensive, hanging on the wall in my home. And he said, this picture is beautiful. It absolutely sings. And this was what really, really made me enjoy this teacher. He said, but, but you know, if it had X, Y, and Z, it would be incredible. So wow. it was, it was my best work. Uh-huh. And he still used that as an opportunity for me to learn from learn. and how to improve. And I love that. Well, I'll um, tell you, uh, at Indiana, where I went to school, a C in the journalism school is yeah. what is considered publishable. Yeah. That just tells you. So yeah. yeah, there's always there's always room for improvement and learning. And um, but but you're proud of that work. And oh yeah. And, uh, uh, before we finish, I want to find out what your favorite piece that you shot for cuisine is, if you can. And so you might want to mull on that. Let you know. Off the oh top of your boy, head. no, <laughs> off the top of my head, I have no idea. Sure. Um, you know, it. I'd, I'd have to go back through my portfolio from the past three years because. Yeah. You know, it's it's something I find myself every couple of months, and this is one of the things I miss about being in the office. When I had uh, an afternoon of downtime, it would mm -hmm. allow me the opportunity to go back through all the work we had done for mm -hmm. the last couple of months and really make sure that I've updated my portfolio so that, yep. you know, when the need arises for us to have something beautiful for a promotion or for right. a product or anything like that, that I've got something that we can tap straight into sure, uh, sure. because I, I think the last time I looked in there, I had like oh, 45 images mm -hmm. uh, as my favorites. And you know that every time I update it. And they're all your babies. The, well, they are, but you know, I find myself I calling some of them because you're sure. like, you know what? You uh, you're just, you're not up to snuff anymore. Well, you know, I kind of like the professor. It's sort of like, yeah. you know, yes. And there's, you fall in love and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, well, yeah, this, this is even better. Uh -huh. How interesting. How interesting. Yeah. yeah. What um, changed between this and that, even though they're similar types of foods and lit similarly, but what, what's different? What, you know, what trips that trigger, um, you know, invokes that guttural reaction uh, to be drawn to it, uh, drawn to the image. So, yeah. So while you were in J school, you started taking classes at, in the School of Fine Arts as well um, yes. and kind of enhanced your photography. Um, and then I'm going to do like kind of a fast forward. I know you um, freelanced in town and, and sure. kind of came up as an assistant and then yep. started doing your own stuff. And then... Um, uh, as I said, you were a staff photographer um, at a couple different places. Um, yeah. You, as I mentioned before, you like to cook. Um, and sure. I was curious, 
Uh, well, two things. Um, there's so much to talk about with you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I, I find photographers interesting people, um, you and you have a lot of interest. Um, you have a um, property uh, yeah. in Missouri. I was wondering if you've been able to get down there during this. And I know that you you do garden, yeah. um, but you like to cook. And so I'd be curious if you've been down to the property, if you are doing any gardening this year, and what you have been cooking. Well, okay. So... I would love to have been down to the our property. It, it's been the last few weeks been our goal to get down there, and it keeps getting pushed one week into the next, um, whether it be weather-related or just we have time conflicts here. Uh, but that's that's a long-standing goal. I, I really want to make a operational vegetable garden farm. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... That's like a lifelong goal of mine. Sure, uh, sure. I would I would really like that to be my retirement job. You know, mm -hmm. either sell to farmers guard, you know, farmer markets, or mm -hmm. sell to vendors either in Kansas City or Des Moines. You know, restaurant. I, I don't know what that is exactly yet, but it's just something I'm very passionate about. Uh, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that we need to relook, rethink the way we yeah. approach agriculture. Especially now, I think well, it's yes, becoming yes. ever more apparent. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I realize that there may be a missed opportunity by not jumping into that headlong, but I'm really happy with the career path I'm on right now. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't really want to radically change my life in that way or you know, our lives because it right. would affect Liz, my wife, as well. And, uh, well, your you know, career now allowed you to purchase the property. Yes, and, yes, yeah. it has. And it's just um, kind of one step at a time. And Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately our goal is to build a home down there eventually and, and retire there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and and that's where any other business ventures can come into play is, is when that stuff gets closer to being a reality. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the gardening thing, I'm kind of behind, Pam. I'm oh, kind of behind. Uh, I'm gardening this year. I have plants in my window right now that I need to get out and prep some soil. And uh, but yeah, I'm going to do a little bit in the ground and a little bit of pots. And yeah. Well, I, I keep a couple large raised beds, um, and then I also plant along our house as well mm -hmm. uh, because I've got a great southern exposure, and the house radiates back towards it. You got to water the heck out of the things because uh, mm -hmm. they get thirsty there. But, you know, it's it's a great place to have a little vegetable garden at home and have your fresh tomatoes and peppers and, you know, anything like that you want. I usually keep one of the raised beds just for lettuces uh, so we can basically go pick a salad anytime we want. Mm -hmm. And and that's just a great part about being here in the Midwest. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I never lived on a farm i didn't grow up on a farm but i i appreciate what farming is and yeah. and having the ability to produce your own food uh it just means that much more um it makes a meal that much more satisfying i mean i i'm also a very avid outdoorsman you know this last weekend my wife and i went fishing and and caught a mess of crappie and oh, nice yes we had that for sunday night dinner and it was wonderful Fantastic. uh you know and and there is just something that means so much more about uh 
doing all that stuff yourself from start to finish. And it's the same with growing a garden. I mean, it's, you know, every year we're trying different tomatoes or trying different peppers or, you know, trying something different and working that into our diet uh, mm -hmm. in some way so that we can be more healthful, be more mm -hmm. mindful of what we're putting into our bodies. Everybody's got health concerns. Everybody, yeah. you know, we're just part of that group. Sure. You know? I'm with you. So what have you been kind of craving or cooking at home? Uh, I know you like to grill too and, and yeah. smoke and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We've, we've been at the grill quite a bit lately. You know, last night we, uh, okay, so this isn't the healthiest thing, but. It doesn't matter. It, yeah. We, we grilled pizza last night. You oh, know? nice. Well, it's, you know, we've got a, a Kamado grill, the kettle grill, where oh, okay. you use actual lump charcoal. So it's like a wood fired pizza oven uh -huh. and it just tastes so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm in a happy place thinking about it right uh, now. <laughs> um, we'll link actually, you know, um, for anybody um, interested, cuisineathome.com has some great uh, grilled pizza recipes. So check that out. And um, if you're not following us on um, our social platforms, we're on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, um, uh, Pinterest. And um, so, yeah, so we'll try to link some pizza recipes because there is, I love grilled pizza. Oh my gosh. Uh, I love pizza, any kind of pizza. But, <laughs> well, yeah. you and me both. Yeah. You and me both. Um, well, I think we had talked about this. I think, didn't you say that you, okay. I, yes, I have a love of pizza. I've always had a love of pizza. I grew up mostly on the East Coast and um, I'm a little bit of a snob about pizza. I like a thinner crust, though okay. I, I did develop a recipe for actually a deep dish pizza last year that I really did like. That was really good. Um, and I, um, it's I not hard to win me over with pizza, Pam. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, they're, they're all different. And yes. they're beautiful in their own ways. And the dough on that one was so good. That was yeah. a challenge, but I remember. Um, but you, I think, didn't you say that you ate pizza for like a full week or longer? Two weeks. Two, Two weeks. weeks. Okay. Every meal. <laughs> okay. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I just wanted to see how long I could go. And I, uh -huh. I still had more in the tank, but I just needed <laughs> a change. Uh, sure. You know, I, I don't, I think... I think I had to go out with my family or something and pizza wasn't an option there. Okay. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm a lover of deep dish, thin crust, hand tossed, any, mm -hmm. you know, anything yep. you want to do. Well, and that's the beauty of pizza. It really is. It's whatever you have in your fridge. Exactly. Is and, and if you can't get a store-bought dough, the dough to make is very easy. I yeah. Mean, yeah, you could even, I mean, there's a lot of things you can use as a base too. It doesn't yeah. have to be dough. You could... Um, use it. I mean, I remember as a kid having English muffin pizzas at the little corner diner. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I, yeah. I've, all I've got is hot dog buns. How am I going to make pizza go. out of this? Uh, yeah. Little pizza boats. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you, you you work with what you got. So grilled pizza. Have you been craving uh, like comfort foods or just really? Uh, well, you know, we there's one recipe we've been real fond of lately. Uh, this salmon it's a encrusted salmon that's brown sugar lime zest a little bit of salt pepper some other seasonings uh just lightly coated over the top of the salmon and either baking or grilling that and usually paired with a rice and whatever vegetable we're craving um you know that's that's been a go-to in the past couple of weeks uh you know honestly 
I mean, it's, it's liberating in a way because we have more mm -hmm. time to make whatever we want. Sure. Um, yeah. But I, I think liberating is the wrong term. I, it, the, I have really mixed emotions about saying oh. anything positive about these COVID times because oh. it's, it's affecting so many people in such it a is. bad way. It I is. just, I realize how fortunate yeah. Uh, yeah. I am in the situation that I'm in. And I, I feel for so many others that are out there and, and having true. a lot harder time. Um, well, and that's the thing. I think having gratitude for what we have and is, is affected as we might feel, um, there are others who are way more affected. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but great, but grateful for, yes, for, for your family and for the time oh, together. Absolutely. But, but you and your wife, I was going to ask who does more of the cooking or you guys are pretty much a team, right? You guys yeah, kind of yeah, cook we... one another, right? Almost never does somebody do a whole meal without participation of the other. I'm dicing and she's stewing or, you know, I mean, we're, we always share duties and it's, it's just kind of nice. I mean, we have what we term as a two butt kitchen. It's a very small <laughs> kitchen, uh, but two people can work in there efficiently and, sure. and we have a good little system of rotating around one another and, and Oh, see, so you're really used to the lazy Susan. <laughs> well, yeah, but we can be closer. Uh, of course. <laughs> I, yes. Uh, but that that is, you know, I mean, we both really enjoy that because generally we get home from a long day at work and that's how we'll decompress is get into the kitchen and start making what our dinner is. Maybe have a glass of wine, maybe have a yeah. beer, yeah. maybe none of neither of those. But, you know, it's just about quality time together. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's something I really value. For sure. Um and uh, I, I didn't even mention this earlier, but I know, and we don't have to talk about it, but Chris also is a, a kind of a big brother in um, yes. program. And yes. so um, that's probably been hard for you. It's, um, it's very difficult. Our, our little brother, Kingston, he's a great mm -hmm. kid. Um, you know, we've done a couple drive-bys where we mm -hmm. park in front of the house and he gets to come out on his front porch and we'll talk to him that way or... Yeah we'll do FaceTime and talk with him, which is our conversations have evolved a lot. You know, prior to COVID, if we were on the phone with Kingston, you'd be on the phone for maybe two minutes tops mm -hmm. and you'd maybe get six, eight words out of him because he just doesn't have much interest being on the phone. Right. Well, now he's also missing that human connection. Yeah. And, you know, we've had a couple half hour FaceTime conversations <laughs> where he's really wanting to talk to us and, and see how we're doing. And we want to know what he's up to. And, you know, I mean, it's a, it's so hard to think about being a kid in a time where yeah. you can't go play with other kids. Yeah. You're, you're not in school. I mean, they, they, all these kids just got computers from their schools so they mm -hmm. can kind of, try to resume some sort of some semblance of normalcy just like us you know figure out how do you work through this situation yeah. and uh it, it it is really tough i mean we really miss spending time with him because mm. you know he means a lot to us and well, yeah and you guys i mean 
you're very connected and you've spent a lot of time oh. and, and you're great um, mentors. And I mean, I know he's he's family for you, but yeah. it's, I'm just going to interject here because when you were talking about how he didn't like to be on the phone, it, you know what it reminded me of? After my mom died and both my parents have passed now, but after my mom died, my dad never, my, my dad will always pass the phone to my mom and yeah. he kind of really wouldn't spend that much time on the phone. You know, hello, hello, chit chat about a few things. Yeah. He was a talker. I called uh -huh. him every night and he really, you know, and both my parents were very social people and they had banter every evening and um, he really missed that. And, and it really made me think of that. And, and I know when I talk to my family now, I mean, I've been doing a lot of Zoom calls. Most of my family, I have family on both coasts, California and uh, primarily New Jersey. Um where they're both pretty hard hit. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot more friends and family back there when I'm talking to them. There's, it's definitely more meaningful and a little more um, uh, longer. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause it's the way you connect. Um, well, I mean, we, we all as people, I, at least so to some degree yeah. miss that, that human connection uh, that interaction, yeah. that yeah, socialization, mm -hmm. and I, you know, it, it it is one of the things that I'm happy I've been able to go into work more than you know, like yourself or so many of the other coworkers, because I I don't get to communicate with as many people, but I still have the opportunity to actually interact with other humans. Sure. I mean, I actually. Difference. I live a half a mile from the office, so I will pop in. Like uh -huh. I was in, I was in the office yesterday, and okay. two other editors were there yeah. uh, because we're in the final stages of um, our next issue, July August, releasing it, and so we had to go in to sort of move things forward. And yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been in a couple times, but I really I. I'm glad to go in when nobody else is there. Um, yeah. And then I'll sometimes I might use my. Uh, we all have test kitchens um, editors and and test kitchen staff. Um, so I've stored a few things in my refrigerator and freezer there <laughs> um, because my home fridge and freezer has been full. It was a challenge to actually recipe develop from home. Not only is my space really small, but it was the it was the refrigerator space that yeah. was so challenging yeah. because especially in the very beginning, I was so, so stock full and I was, I had, um, I was splitting a batch of something and I had two big bowls with um, colanders and product that I had to fit into my refrigerator. And I'm thinking, how am I going to do this? So it was well, like now, a jigsaw puzzle. How come you haven't gone out and bought yourself a secondary refrigerator for home, Pam? <laughs> I don't have a place for it. <laughs> I it can go in the living room. It's oh, no yeah. big deal. Oh, you mean my workout room and yes. my office? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, challenging times. But, um, well, I'm glad that you're able to at least do some FaceTime with Kingston and, and do some, um, at least drive by and see him. So yeah. that he knows he's loved and thought of. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's something that I've done it. Uh, I have done the, the passing by his house on the way home from work, you know, his place is right on the way. So I'll, I'll get a hold of him or his mom and say, Hey, are you guys around this afternoon? But you know, if I can relieve a little bit of that strain and stress and pass by for a half hour or whatever, and, and get him off of her mind. So mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, she doesn't have to keep him entertained for sure. 24 hours of the day, then, then that's a little break for her. I mean, part of what you, you know. do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
So um, I had mentioned or asked before, we're going to wind it up here. Um, do you have a favorite uh, cuisine um, image, if you can think of, and if you don't, that's okay, um, and recipe? Uh, well, okay. We're getting close to lunch. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I'm a meat eater. Uh -huh. So I'm going to go with the, the cover that we did of Stephen Reichland steak recipe. Oh, yes. oh, it's not our great. recipe, no. but uh, that's yep. probably one of my favorite images. I mean, it uh -huh. was styled so beautifully. Yeah. It's, it's the one that in mind is standing out right now. Because it was the, two summers ago. I think I you're think, right. Yeah, it was two years ago. So it would have been 2018. Uh-huh. The, well, uh, the, the pangs of hunger are calling, and I see, I say it's close to lunch. I, I'm looking at the clock, it's 10.30. Well, <laughs> in the studio, everyone who knows me yes. knows that I have the Hobbit's meal schedule posted on the refrigerator, and we're dangerously close to 11Zs, and I never yes. had second breakfast today. So <laughs> there's, there's trouble afoot. <laughs> well, I won't keep you that much longer. Oh, except, no, no, that's fine. Except, so is that your favorite recipe as well as image, or um, mm. that, that's the image we're going to go with? Oh, you're going to try to nail me down to a favorite recipe. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I know. For me, it depends on the day, and I, I can't even remember stuff I developed. It's hard. Um, well, it's I, mm -hmm. how, about I, how about I do this? The Or what do you make the most? Well... The, the favorite, the most recent favorite. Uh -huh. See, this isn't fair, the whole thing, but because I have the memory of a goldfish <laughs> and I have a hard time remembering yesterday, but what does, one thing that does stand out in memory is, I don't know if it was the recipe or the technique that, that Teresa did when she made her gnocchi. Oh, her homemade cavatelli. No, well, yes, it was Cavatelli. That's right. It the way Cavatelli, she used the yes. yeah, the way she used the box grater. The box grater. She and I talked about that because um, that was incredible, I, and I the texture like of it well. was amazing. Uh -huh. And yep. I, yeah, I love pasta too. You know, sure. I mean, uh -huh. uh, basically, Italians do a pretty good job with food. Um, hey, I no, <laughs> um, well, I'm part Italian, and I worked with Lydia, so I um, Lydia Bastianich, so I. I've kind of immersed myself sort of in that world for a while, but yeah, um, I had done a gnocchi recipe, but when Teresa and I were speaking for um, podcast uh, recently, uh, I that's what I likened it to as well because of that whole yeah. greater method. Yeah, and yeah. It's, 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 it's like, it's basically gnocchi with a real pasta dough as opposed yeah, to potato pasta. potato pasta, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but that would just be... Sure. My most recent favorite. Um, well, it's a good pantry recipe. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a fun project. Well, and uh, it's, yeah, it's something that I think everybody would, you yeah. know, most everybody should be able to pull the ingredients together yep. and, and make it home anytime. It's, it's definitely a labor of love, um, but there were also great points made in it that while you have it out doing it, you can... Uh, you guys call it IQF it in, individually oh, quick yeah. freeze so you can store them uh, and have it at a future point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Do all the work up front, then put yep. it all, you know, individually freeze it, put it on a baking sheet or something with a parchment kind of thing. Yep. Let it freeze individually so they're not touching each other. And basically, so when you put it into a bag, they're not going to be stuck together. And then pull them all off of the baking sheet, drop them into a 
uh, resealable plastic bag and then freeze them. And then as you want and need them, just pull out what you need. And man, that makes um, a weeknight dinner fabulous because you have something so good, so homemade, and the I work is already him, been done I need. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, and then you could just pull together a quick sauce, or you can yeah. have that in the freezer too. Yeah. yeah. My gosh, now I'm hungry. It's a lemonade, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It's close enough. Well, Chris, it's been a pleasure um, talking to you uh, today to sort of, um, I mean, we could keep going here. You, oh, pretty said, easily. Yeah. And so uh, check out cuisineathome.com for um, some great recipes and uh, grilled um, grilled pizza, gnocchi, cavatelli, um, and, um, and then follow us on uh, Facebook, um, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, etc. Uh, thanks all for listening and uh, come back next time. We look forward to um, having you join us here on Must Love Food. Thank you very much, Pam. It's been a pleasure to be here. I, I've enjoyed the experience and, and hope others enjoy it as well. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel-good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom at-home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.